0: everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite coworker Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today,
1: Robert? Allie, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Boy, it looks like what we kind of hinted upon uh, in our previous episode, week 13, looks like it's going to be a really good one. And boy, oh boy, is it.
0: Yeah, let's get straight to it because we have a lot to cover. I actually had to nitpick some of the marquee games. There was yeah. probably, I took five. There was probably at least seven or eight that we could have highlighted, but in the interest of time, I focus on these five. And then we'll get to our rapid fire round and hopefully we'll have some time to go a little bit more in depth in some of the others. And obviously, the biggest one I wanted to cover was a rematch of the AFC championship game from last season. And that is the Chiefs and the Bengals. So, Robert, what are we looking at here for the odds?
1: Let's begin with uh, Chiefs and Bengals. So right now, as we take a look at how the game plays itself out, Allie, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and no, you know, this, obviously there's nothing here that's hidden at nine and two. Even on the road, they are going to probably be a big plus. And here they are, Chiefs two and a half and the total 52 and a half.
0: So, this is a game where obviously in the championship game last year, I was all over the Bengals. I called the upset. I was one of the few. I was riding the Bengals all the postseason. They made it. I'm still going to ride the Bengals on this one. We talked on Monday about how I think the Bengals are peaking at the right time. There's a chance Jamar Chase will be back this weekend. Even if he isn't, I think that the Bengals are just going to have too much for Kansas City to handle. Kansas City, I still think they are the best team in the AFC right now. But I think the Bengals pose a big threat to them. The Bengals, they do have a very underrated defense. They do very well against the rush. They do pretty well against the pass. We saw them just beat Tennessee this past weekend. They seem to be turning it on on the right time. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I expect both teams to be scoring in the high 20s, probably low 30s even. I'm on the Bengals for this one, Robert. How about you?
1: Yeah, even even as obviously, you know, the, the big news, of course, is the return or perhaps not return of Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. He has upgraded to probable Sunday uh, with his, uh, his hip injury, and this was effective – couple of days ago so it definitely looks like he's good on the on the injury list he has been practicing we thought he was going to play last week so we know he's going to have some repetitions on the offensive side in Cincinnati right. in the afternoon game against Kansas City Ali, you know what these two teams really are matched up very closely and in the power ranks are going to be revealed later this afternoon on our website I have them neck and neck they're literally just mere margin points separated away from each other This has one-point game written all over it anyway. Taking the points here is probably in the best interest.
0: Yeah, I do like Cincinnati to win outright, but I agree with you. Be safe. Take the points. This is one of those matchups, like you said, they are very neck-and-neck with each other. Kansas City obviously has the better record. One could argue that Kansas City might have had the easier schedule up to this point. That's up for debate. But I think the Bengals are peaking at the right time. I think the Bengals do have a bit of a home-field advantage, so... I'm going to be all on the Bengals with you on this one. And then when it comes to the over-under, I'm definitely on the over. How about you,
1: Robert? Yeah, points probably will be coming in bunches here. Not much that's going to be able to be. I mean, look, Cincinnati's completely all revved up. And this was without Mixon. This was without Chase. I mean, T. Higgins unto himself is probably a WR1 on half the teams in this league right now. And so with Chase back, perhaps a healthy Mixon. Uh, over the total even at 52 and a half that seems obviously pretty high it's our highest number anywhere for any game I'd still go over it
0: yep I, I totally agree with you on that one all right let's move on to the next game and that is the Dolphins and 49ers Robert what are we looking at here
1: San Francisco here opened up as the favorite we opened them up three it's typically the number I like to start off with and the ladder just kept going up and up to three and a half we're now at more alley and the total 46 and a half.
0: I was interested when I was looking at the lines, not that, not, none of the points, but I wasn't surprised that San Francisco was favored by as many as they are. They are the home team, but I was more surprised when I looked not just in my pick leagues of what people have been picking. Cause you could see the percentage, but what the money has been coming in and people are just pounding and pounding the dolphins And obviously, you know, Robert, I love going against the public. It's my favorite thing to do when there's a heavy, heavy, every heavy consensus on one team. This is one of my best bets of the week is the 49ers not only winning, but covering the spread as home favorites. I think Miami, as good as they are on offense, they haven't played a good defense like the San Francisco 49ers have in weeks i have i think you have to go back to when they faced buffalo in i believe it was week three that you could even get a defense that was comparable to the one that san francisco has san francisco is at the top of the league and not only yards allowed per game uh, well i should say least amount of yards allowed per, per game but least amount of points allowed per game i think that as good as Tua is as good as Tyreek Hill is, as good as Jalen Waddell is, they're going to be limited in this contest. I'm on San Francisco on this one. How about you, Robert?
1: I have, you know, San Francisco, I have them as the definitive favorite over anyone in the NFC, right? Let that sink in for a moment. doesn't matter who they play in the NFC. They're going to be favorites. Not only that, I have them favorites over anyone in the AFC, with the exception wow. of one. And that would be the Buffalo Bills still, mm-hmm. right? We'll we'll probably cover them at a a, a later moment. But right now, with what they have and the depth that they have, adding Christian McCaffrey clearly was a game-changer for them. They're going for it all. I have them definitely at least a field goal better here. Uh, And actually, you know, with the way I have the, the number playing itself out on a neutral right now, they're five better than Miami on a neutral. Uh, So add another point and a half, and that's all pretty much I'm I'm giving to home this year. It's actually just a a small bit of a tick, anywhere between less than a point to up to about a point and a half. I'll have San Francisco a point and a half um, better over anyone just from their home field advantage. Um, They definitely cover the four here, Allie.
0: Uh, absolutely if you look at their last four games Robert they have faced the Texans this is the Miami Miami has faced the Texans the Browns the Bears and the Lions all four of those defense ranked near the bottom of the league now they're going up against perhaps I would say the the best overall defense in the league I agree with you I thought the spread would be much higher than it is all I'm hearing is the spread should be lower because people are just on top of Miami and how they they just have the ability to score at fours but I agree with you, San Francisco is, I would even, I would pick them over the Eagles if it was the NFC Championship today. I think they are the best team. Jimmy Garoppolo, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo real quick, Robert. Do you remember him having a string of games like he's had the past few few games in years? I, I feel like this is the best we've seen him in a long time. What do you think?
1: You know, it definitely is. He's as efficient as we've ever seen him. Now, look, he's not going to light up the scoreboard like, you know, Pat Mahomes or, or Uh, Tagovailoa, you know, who's uh, actually going to be playing up against him, but he doesn't need to, not with the offense that he has in front of him. And not only that, Ali, I mean, the thing is, is that this game actually is playing into the Niners' favor. Uh, You know, Austin Jackson, their tackle, Miami's tackle, he's now doubtful. That came across early this morning. That plays straight into San Francisco's uh, mostly strengths right now, sure, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't mind having a little bit more of their depth back at running back, especially with Elijah Mitchell now out indefinitely. But hey, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got probably the best running back in the game right now. And uh, a a, a little bit of uh, an injury, you know, on the defensive side of Miami definitely plays in San Francisco's favor to cover this one.
0: And I know Miami did acquire Bradley Chubb before the deadline, but and, and they've been winning, obviously. they won every game since they acquired him. But the defense still has its flaws. It's it, one, one guy isn't going to make a difference like that. They still have a poor secondary. And I just think that somehow that the 49ers, they're going to take an early lead. And, Robert, I hate to say it, but I don't even think it's going to get close. I think San Francisco wins by a touchdown or better. Is that so crazy to think?
1: No, no, it's not. And, again, it just all plays into if they're – their scheme and their offense plays itself out. You know, they're going to want to continue, you know, to run the ball. Obviously, I'm, I'm thinking this could be one of the bigger games that we see out of Debo Samuel. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if he comes all guns blazing, you know, he could have himself one of the best games of the year. Uh, and I think that's exactly what they're going to be tearing into. That, that plays itself out along with McCaffrey picking up, I'd say, 20 carries, maybe another 10 targets. It it could be a double-digit blowout without a doubt.
0: People want to talk about all of Miami's offensive weapons, and obviously Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell do come to mind, but they underestimate all of San Francisco's offensive uh, weapons. Even with Elijah Mitchell out, you just nailed it. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. We haven't even mentioned George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk, Yep. Brandon Ayuk will have a a quiet game, and then he'll just explode for a a 50, 60-yard touchdown. The guy is clutch, and he's Jimmy Garoppolo's go-to guy. George Kittle, he'll have a game where maybe he has one target, one catch, and then he'll have a game like we saw against, I believe, the Chargers a few weeks ago where he had two amazing touchdowns. I think actually George Kittle, like Debo Samuel, is going to have a big game here. I think Miami, they don't guard that well against tight ends. I think I I agree with you. I think that the public is underestimating how good San Francisco really is. And they've just been blown away with Miami blowing people out of the water. This to me, don't fall victim to to what the public thinks. Check out what power rankings say. I think that San Francisco is definitely above Miami in the power rankings. All right, well, let's move on to the next. i lost my train of thought for a second. Let's (laughs) move on to, because I was focusing on the next game, which I want to say, because I need to prepare myself. And that's obviously the New York Giants and (laughs) the Washington Commanders. So I had to gear myself up. I had to like look at it and like take a breath. Anyway, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: The public's going against New York. I I opened up the game pick because that, is the correct number. Now, the market decided to move heavily in Washington's favor uh, and, you know, pretty steadily from one to one and a half to its current number of minus two and a half and the total steady at 40 and a half, Ali.
0: You know what? I'm not upset with that because we play better when the public underestimates us. So I'm glad that the public sentiment the past two weeks was kind of in well, not necessarily against the Cowboys, but definitely against the Lions. They were so all for us and everything. And that's what made me nervous. Now that the public is back against us, I couldn't be happier. We perform much better when we're underdogs. We step up to the game. And Robert, I think I, I mentioned this on Monday. If you look at if you look at Washington Commanders, I know they're on a Taylor Heineke high but they haven't been dominant whatsoever. In fact, they kind of remind me about the giants at the beginning of the season, just finding these weird ways to win the commanders. Just this last Sunday against Atlanta, if Marcus Mariota doesn't throw that interception at what was it? Third and goal, fourth and goal with a few minutes of oh, a few, a minute or so left, if they lose that game.
1: Right if they don't
0: run there. into the kicker, they have another. Atlanta has another chance to score. And commanders don't lose that game the week before, you know, the Texans are terrible. We'll just give them that one. And I get, they beat the Eagles the week before that, but they, they couldn't beat the Vikings the week before that the command, they barely beat the Colts the week before that they needed one. They needed a last minute miraculous touchdown drive just to beat Sam Ellinger and the Colts. I, I don't see the hype behind Washington yet. I know their defense has been playing very well, but I, I, I just don't see the hype behind them yet. I just think that they got hot at, a, at the right time and they had some pretty lucky wins. I still think, and I'm not being biased here. I still think the giants, even with all their injuries are the superior squad. Am I crazy?
1: No, no, you're, you're not, Ali. And obviously look, the, the, the giants are going to have to put it all together here, uh, you know, to, to win. I mean, of course, Home is going, you know, playing at home is going to be great, uh, but they're going to need to clearly come up with uh, probably 21 to 24 points to win this game. Yep, the defense is going to have to be the best that they've had, you know, that performed all year. If you give up more than 20, you're you're probably at risk of losing this one. You can't have a game that you gave up to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day and and expect to win because I don't think. That you're going to be able to even now look. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm reading that it's not going to be until Friday that Ron Rivera is going to make a decision on whether or not um, Chase Young is going to play. And he, to me, he's he's an impact player, right? Their defense and the defensive line, Washington defensive line already you know a premium, you know set. But with Chase Young, they they go to like premium plus. So you're going to need to come up with. As best a scheme as you've ever had, you'd probably, you know, I, I said 21. You probably need 24 points to pull this one off. That being said, I'd like to plus two and a half here, Ellie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the Giants are getting reinforcements back. I, I don't think people understand how many injuries we had against Dallas and we were still leading at halftime I mean it was amazing we were just leading at halftime but it sounds like we're going to get Evan Neal back it sounds like we're going to get tight end Daniel Bellinger back who is a difference when on that offense he he really is it sounds like we're going to get our cornerback Fabian Moreau back who has been underrated this year and is one of probably the best corners In the nfc at least for this year and i believe aziz ojulari is going to be back so we're getting plenty of reinforcements back we're not just going to be playing you know skin and bones on this one i think when i think what we have with the edge is even though our our defense hasn't looked great in the past few weeks neither has washington's offense like i said they've really just been nitpicking at these wins and they really don't put up a ton of points So I think that they're going to apply plenty of pressure on Taylor Heineke. Their run game between Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson really isn't anything standout-ish. I just think that the Giants, not only are they going to cover, but they're going to win. It's going to be a close one. I think this is probably a field goal or less game. But I think the end, the Giants being the home team, I think Saquon's finally going to come out out of the slump he's been in the past few weeks, and he's going to have a big game. What's your final score prediction,
1: Robert? Final score prediction, again, if I've got New York, I got the total set to 40 and a half, right? So, to me, this seems, just like I said, first team to 20 is going to win this. Ah, because the heart says so. Uh, New York 21, Washington 17.
0: I'm close to you. I said, I'm thinking New York 20, Washington 17. So (laughs) Let let's hope I got a big bet. I know I say I don't bet with my team, but it's a friendly bet with one of my uh, best friends that is a Washington fan. So I'm hoping that I, I get the, the edge on that one because I know we're gonna have to play double or nothing when we play each other again in two weeks. So I hope I can lose the nothing. All right, let's move on to the next game. And a lot—I I was on Twitter this morning, and there's there's an interesting conversation going on this game. And I had to feel, I, I had to jump in the conversation. But before I, I let anything else out, I'm going to hear your thoughts first. The Jets and the Vikings, Roberts. The audience might be a little surprised at the spread. What do we have here?
1: Yeah, this one is uh, probably going to surprise most. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, as the home, will be the favorite here. We opened it three. It hasn't moved off three, and the total set to 44 and a half.
0: So if you want my honest opinion, I think the wrong team is favored in this matchup. I, I really do, and I got into it with a few people on Twitter today. The Vikings are one of the luckiest teams in the league this year. I mentioned that if you look at a lot of their wins, and I know you, you don't want to just nip it because of injuries, but they beat the Miami Dolphins when Skylar Thompson was at quarterback. They were able to overcome a 10-point deficit against the Lions when Amon Rossing-Brown and DeAndre Swift left with injuries, and the Lions had no other offense to rely on. They also happened to face the Bills and went into overtime and won. But if you remember, Robert, that was a game-time decision for Josh Allen. He didn't look 100% in it. He probably shouldn't have played. I was adamant that the Cowboys were not only going to win against the Vikings a few weeks ago, but I thought it was going to be a blowout. In this scenario, I don't think it's a blowout by any means. But I think the Jets not only cover, but they win this one. Am I crazy?
1: You are not crazy. Um, These two teams are pretty much identically matched in in my power ranking eye. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, literally, like, within, again, just mere basis points. Uh, And and so this is as pick-em as it gets in a neutral. However, we're not playing in a neutral. Uh, this game obviously is being played in minnesota i have minnesota probably earning about one and a quarter worth of points for home field uh so that's not enough to cover this number alley this one's easily you know looking at, at like a field goal game to me even with mike white a quarterback for new york heck i actually think they become better now with mike white a quarterback
0: Oh, 100%. Everyone's on the Mike White train back in New York. I was talking to a few of my friends, Becky, the (laughs) other day about it. But let's talk about the Vikings real quick. And the two games that they lost, obviously, against the Eagles and the Cowboys, are two teams with two of the best secondaries in the league. You look at Darius Slay and James Bradbury with the Eagles. You look with the Cowboys with Trayvon Diggs. Now you got to go up against Sauce Gardner and the Jets secondary. This is going to pose a ton of trouble for Kirk Cousins. We've seen Kirk Cousins struggle against good secondaries, primarily because they take away the Justin Jefferson option. They take away his secondary options, which Kirk Cousins doesn't like usually looking to Adam Thielen or even TJ Hawkinson. This game is going to be a nightmare matchup for Kirk Cousins. I think that Sauce Gardner is going to come away with at least one interception, maybe two. I think the jets are going to force turnovers. And even if Mike white doesn't have the best game, like he had last week against the bears, I think that they're going to get favorable field field position because of the turnovers. And I think this is actually going to be a very low scoring game. It's kind of like the giants and the commanders first team 20, I think wins, but in the end, Robert, I'm a hundred percent on the jets. What else do you think about
1: this game? It's it's as if, I mean, and, and trust me, folks, uh, Uh, Ali and I, as as much as I'd love for Ali to be sitting next to me on a couch (laughs) while we're chatting, we're not. We're miles and miles and miles away from each other here on microphones. Uh, But I feel as if Ali's just reading right off of my notes here. It's exactly (laughs) that, and you know, it's it's, and I don't even know actually if Sauce Gardner is going to even be busy because of the amount of pressure that Minnesota is going to be getting up front. You're absolutely right, Ali. They they lost those two games because of heavy heavy pressure right on her cousins who didn't even have forget about a three count he didn't even have a one count in some cases and i think that's what new york's going to be pushing with every single drive and i think we'll see a lot of blitzing and i think that there's going to be some turnovers here and that's what's going to end up the game in new york's favor
0: yep absolutely so when i do have my best bets blog that comes out every friday just know this game's going to be on it because this is one of my stronger plays yeah of the week all right, let's go to the last game I want to highlight because, like I said, there's probably another three or four that I could spend. Me and Robert could spend fifteen minutes on just dissecting, but this is the last one because it, there are playoff implications on this one, and that is the Titans versus the Eagles. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: Yeah, I, I love that I put up a you know kind of a crooked number here, and it really hasn't moved, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Five and a half, the Eagles, the favorite here, in the total. Up a little to 44
0: and a half now, Ali. I love the Titans in this game. I love getting five and a half points with the Titans. I actually think we got very good value with them because they did lose to Cincinnati last week. Cincinnati was a tough matchup for them because of all Cincinnati's weapons. Philadelphia, they still have, they probably have just a, a, as many weapons as Cincinnati maybe you could argue more I actually think that with a healthy Jamar Chase Cincinnati has has more even though Jamar Chase didn't play last week but the Titans defense Robert is one of the most underrated units in the league their defense is a top five defense in my opinion not only in the AFC in the entire league Mike Vrabel knows how to coach and he knows how to coach very well in these type of games not only do I like the Titans to cover five and a half I'm going to go so far as to say the Titans upset the Eagles. The Eagles haven't looked themselves in the past few weeks since they lost to the Commanders. They barely scraped by Jeff Saturday and the Colts. They needed a last-minute touchdown to go ahead and win. The Packers, I don't know what the Packers did to that Eagles defense last week, but one can make a case if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt, maybe the Packers go out and win that game. I love the Titans in this situation, Robert. How about you?
1: Yeah, I I do too. Uh, Again, another one to (laughs) pair up on. And I literally have them. I've got Tennessee actually just, again, mere basis points lower than Philadelphia right now. And so even with the Eagles getting home field, let's go ahead and tack on an extra point and a half. That's far, far less than a five and a half. I'm not quite sure if the Eagles lose here, but I am pretty confident in the Tennessee Titans covering the number as long as they stick to their power which obviously is going to be an awful lot of Derrick Henry, something that the Eagles have showed. Uh, I mean, heck, look back to the Houston game. Uh, They're pretty susceptible to, you know, giving up chunk yards from uh, a good rushing attack. And that was Houston's. Tennessee's is significantly better. So I think they definitely stay closer than the five and a half posted points.
0: Yeah, and you even saw last week that Aaron Jones had a very and AJ Dillon, too had a very good game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think a little bit of their Kryptonite is against good pass, good against good teams that are rushers. Derrick Henry's going to have a monster game, and you see Tannehill week by week, Robert just getting more comfortable with his receivers. Traylon Burks is really emerging as one of the stars in this league. I think that give him another few years he's going to make the Titans say AJ Brown who I know this is kind of a AJ Brown revenge game because he did he was on the Titans last week I'm not saying he's not going to have a big game but I think that the Titans defense they know how to play him they are going to be able to limit him I don't think Jalen Hurts has played this good of a defense in weeks maybe have to go back to when they played the Cowboys arguably the Redskins well I should say Commanders but even the commanders, I don't think their defense even remotely is close to the Titans. This is a game where I see Philadelphia struggling. And I actually think it's gonna be it's gonna come down to which team has the least amount of turnovers. If the Titans can force turnovers, if they can make Jalen Hurts turn over the ball, I think this game is a hundred percent in the Titans'
1: hands. What about you? I, I do again agree with you here. The defense is probably going to be far more significant factor in the matchup than ever before. And as I'm staring at the 44-and-a-half, and I'm trying to say to myself, well, how do I get to this number, especially if I've got the Eagles five-and-a-half better? So this kind of looks at about a 24-20 final. Uh, I think it's exactly the number that I'd like to probably sit on, as I think it'll go under the total. Mm-hmm. Uh reality, again, you know, to circle back to it, I think the Tennessee's defense, along with ball control, uh, time of possession, I think that this will probably be in Tennessee's favor to cover the spread. And then eventually go on to the total.
0: All right. Well, that is that concludes all of our marquee games I want to highlight. So we're going to hit our rapid fire round. And I'm going to open up with the game that I had in the marquee games, but I had to put the Titans and Eagles over them. And that's tomorrow night's matchup with the Bills and the Patriots. So, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: Only because I refused to put Buffalo off of the number one spot. I opened them as a five-point favorite. They got bet down to four, and now it's three and a half in New England with a total 43 and a half.
0: I was so happy in my pick'em leagues that our spreads locked Tuesday night. <laughs> and I get New England plus five and a half because I'm not surprised Sharps jumped all over New England. I think this is a tough matchup for, for Buffalo. Buffalo hasn't been playing well lately. They don't blow teams out. I mentioned the other day, if they drop that game to the Lions, they would have lost three out of their last four games. They are not playing well at all. The Patriots, on the other hand, are playing pretty well. They probably should have beat the Vikings on their on Thanksgiving last week. It was just two special teams plays that I believe cost them. Hunter Henry dropped a key touchdown that could have put brought them within three points, I believe, of that game. I I, I don't think that the Patriots might necessarily win this game. But I think this comes down to a field goal. This is a division rivalry. It is in New England. Bill Belichick knows how to coach against Josh Allen and the Bills. He knows them probably better than anyone. I'm taking the points with the Patriots. How about you, Robert?
1: Yeah, Ali, I would do the same, honestly. And congratulations on locking in a five. Uh, We're never seeing that number for the rest of this uh, for the rest of this week up until that 515 Pacific start here uh, in New England. Uh, for the Thursday game, because honestly, the correct number is probably three. Uh, and if anything, I'll probably see this number close three, then go up to four. Uh, and I'll actually, I think I agree. My power ranks actually say exactly that. I think that the difference between the two of them is more like three points instead of five.
0: All right, let's move on to the next game. And there's a lot of question marks surrounding if either of these teams quarterbacks are going to play or not. But we have the Packers and the Bears. Robert, I know that we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to play, if Justin Fields is going to play for the Bears. But right now, what's the number we're looking at?
1: Right. So this number is made without Rodgers, clearly, and without Fields, clearly. So I've got Green Bay as a four-point favorite and the total 43 and a 43.5. That number bet up from the opening number of Packers 3.
0: I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And it's funny because we were just talking about Monday, how he should be shut down for the year. But I think he is going to come back. And Aaron Rodgers loves beating one team more than anyone, and that's the Chicago Bears. If Aaron Rodgers plays and if Justin Fields is on the bench, I would even say if Justin Fields does play, I don't think he's going to be 100%. But I do like the Packers in this scenario. The Bears' defense is a disaster area. I think that if the Packers were able to exploit the Philadelphia Eagles' defense – I think they're definitely going to take advantage of the Chicago bears defense. So I'm on the Packers for this one. How about you?
1: Uh, Allie? I mean, look, now that we know that, you know, Darnell Mooney's out for the year, yep. Justin Fields is still questionable with his shoulder. Why play him? Honestly, there's nine. You've got nothing left on defense. Your offense is as scarce as can be. Why damage uh, and anything further with what I think is a quarterback that's that's, a keeper, you've you've got your guy. It's just need to surround him with the correct talent. I don't think that there's any reason to play him. Should Green Bay do start Aaron Rodgers, uh it, it's gonna be a pretty one-sided affair. So if obviously you know stick around the injury report's going to, you know, matter significantly. Uh four is the least the number's going to be if you're looking to back Green Bay. And if you're looking to back Green Bay, you might as well bet him now because this number could in fact close up to six, six and a half, or even more.
0: Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers, I know he was on a few shows today indicating that he intends to play. I do believe he's going to play, so like Robert said, if you want Green Bay, jump on the number now. No need to wait because I can see this being as high as a touchdown come kickoff. All right, let's move on to the next game, and we have the Steelers and Falcons. Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: This one's as uh, as close to pick as possible. Uh, I did open um... – Actually, Atlanta has a two-point favorite, and the, uh, the favorite flipped. Uh, and right now we've got Pittsburgh as a one-point favorite, Alley total 42.
0: I like Atlanta in this one, and it goes back to my theory I've been saying on many episodes. I always bet against the winner of the Monday night game. I, I just feel like it's the spread gets inflated, at least by the public, because that's the last game that they saw. I actually think when you compare these two teams, the Steelers and the Falcons, they're pretty evenly matched. I don't think one really has more of an edge than another. The Steelers have some question marks. We don't know if Najee Harris is going to play or Warren, their backup running back. I don't think it matters either way between Benny Snell they had, they had and Anthony McFarland. They do have some good backs, but I, I just like Atlanta on this one. I, I really do. I think Atlanta, they are the home team. They're playing in the dome. They're not going to be outdoors. They should have beat the commanders last week. They have a very good running attack with Cotterell Patterson. I think Marcus Mariota steps up. He is mobile. He's definitely more mobile than Matt Ryan. So the Steelers pass rush are going to have a little harder of a time dealing with Mariota. I'm on the Falcons here, Robert. How about you?
1: I'm on Atlanta for multiple reasons. Uh, You know, one of them clearly just they're just the better team. Uh, Pittsburgh is a a bottom three NFL franchise right now. Uh, And I I just think Atlanta is significantly better. And they're at home. And they're coming off of a crushing loss against a far superior team. Favorite, as I said, I had them opening as the favorite. The public took it the other way. I think the public's wrong here, Ali.
0: I totally agree. I'm glad we're both on the same page on that one because I was surprised how much money is coming in on the Steelers. But hey, better for me. I love being against the public. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to, even though there really isn't any playoff implication for this one, I'm very excited to watch this matchup, and that's the Jaguars and the Lions. Robert, what are we looking at for this one?
1: Okay, right. Yes. Yeah, so we opened up uh the Lions here as a two-point favorite. Uh it got that down and down again to the point where Jacksonville is now a one-point favorite. Here's another example of a road dog becoming a road favorite. One point, uh Jacksonville the favorite, the total fifty-one and a half.
0: And I think this is in response to everyone seeing Jacksonville defeat Baltimore and that epic comeback that they had. Trevor Lawrence had the game of his career. I seem to remember the last time Trevor Lawrence had the game of his career when they beat the Chargers And the following week. The Jaguars just were totally annihilated the next week. I think that the Lions are the better team here. I don't even think that this is close. I think the Jaguars, their three wins earlier in the season, got very lucky. I mentioned they went up against the Colts when the Colts were missing half of their team. They went up against the Chargers when the Chargers were just savage, ravaged by injuries. I think the Lions are a way better team here. They're playing at home. They should have probably beat the Bills last week. I'm all over the Lions on this one, plus the over for sure on this one, Robert. How about you?
1: Over for sure. Uh, This side... Is as razor thin as humanly possible. Uh, I'm probably going to end up closing pick uh, because it's just a, a back and forth right now, and I, I think that's actually the way it's going to end up. Uh, yeah, I, I could you know see it's it's obviously one right now because of the you know the result from the previous week. Uh, Jamison Williams now doubtful on Sunday uh, with a knee injury. That being said, I, I, I literally think that this one's so close, Ali um uh, it, it's a coin flip uh coin flips to me i pass <laughs> but the over yes
0: that's fine that's fine i don't think we've disagreed on any game yet but, uh-huh. so it's a good episode so far all right the next game which i'm sure many are gonna have eyes on for other reasons than entertainment value but that is the browns and the texans the watson is back robert what's the line on this game
1: Well, we opened up Cleveland seven. That's exactly where it's at. The total started to climb, no shock, from 45 and a half up to 47 now. So
0: as bad as the Texans are, I'm going to take the points with the Texans here. I think that crowd is just going to be loud as anyone in Texas has ever been in a long time when Deshaun Watson hops onto that field in a Browns uniform. I think that the uh, the Titans – I think that the Texans team will be motivated behind their – will be motivated behind their crowd. I think there is still a little bitterness between some of the players that are still on the team and Deshaun Watson for how he decided to leave them. I don't know if the Texans will win, even with Kyle Allen. I still think they are a bad team, but they do have a very good run game behind Damian Pierce. Cleveland does not do well against the run. I think the tight the Texans managed to keep it close. And Robert, we don't know what Deshaun Watson is. We haven't seen him in over two years. So for people that remember him, but back when was it 2019, we don't know if he's the same player then as he is now. We don't know what kind of rapport he has with his receivers. We don't know how rusty he is. I, I think the spread is way too high. I'm going to go on the Texans. How about you?
1: I, I agree with everything that you say regarding. The, you know the pitchforks that are definitely going yeah. to be out for this game uh that being said right now I I think that when we put up that seven and I saw it sit there you know from the opener all the way up until this moment that we're chatting it made me feel pretty good about the number uh, and I, I I think here Cleveland will probably pick up the win Houston they're 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 dead last in the power ranks they're they're one nine and one on the season. I, I think that Houston's just kind of happy to just play out the spring. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if if we're still going to see uh, Mills back in action for Houston or not. Um, you know, but what what I know for certain is that you know Cleveland still has you know a pretty good semblance of a running attack, uh, and if it was anyone at quarterback, they'll still probably end. Let's just say if it was even if it was Brissett, I still think that they'll end up picking up the win just from their their sheer rushing attack. Mm-hmm. So I'll think that they'll pick up the win with a good possibility of a cover now. All right.
0: I think that was the first one we disagreed on, so that's fine. All right, let's move on to – I am curious to see how loud the Texans are in that game, though. All right, let's move on to the Broncos and the Ravens. At the beginning of the season, this game would have looked great. Now not so much. What's the odds here, Robert?
1: I opened Baltimore as an eight point favorite. It's now nine and the total 38 and a half.
0: Ugh, this, this, this spread frustrates me because I do not want to back the Broncos, but with how the Ravens have been playing lately, Robert, they've been struggling. They had, they struggled against Carolina. Like I, I just don't think this team is capable of blowing anyone out right now. As bad as Denver's offenses, their defense is still a good defense. I think they will limit the Ravens offense that has been struggling lately. I think it is a very low scoring game, similar to what we saw a few weeks ago when the Ravens won 13 to three against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. Let's not forget Baker Mayfield quarterback that game. I, I, I just, I got to take the point. I, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a boring game, but it, that's just too many points for a struggling Raven squad for, to lay. So I'm going to take the points with the Broncos here.
1: How about you? Very smart, Ali. Yeah. Anytime the number starts to creep uh, you know, from nine and then ultimately into double digits, I have one impulse reaction. It's just instinct. It's take the dog no matter what. And I know Denver literally they, they seem to be allergic to scoring anything more than 19 points this year. And and they just can't they can't, they just can't put up the offense. And I, I've never seen anything like this before. But they have a better-than-average defense. That's why the total is 38-and-a-half. To me, that screams to continue to play the game under the total, but I will take the points here with Denver.
0: All right, let's move on to the Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams are just a broken team. I don't even know who's going to take the field for the Rams. Aaron Donald, I believe, is going to be probably out for the year. I doubt we see Matt Stafford, but I could be wrong. Cooper Cup is obviously done for the year. Robert, what's the spread here?
1: Yeah, so we opened up Seattle before the news came out. Seattle was a five-point favorite. Then we got the alert that Donald was probably going to miss this one. Immediately we just we just go straight through all the prime numbers, right to eight and then eight and a half before settling down to Seattle seven and a half, a total of 41 and a half alley.
0: And I don't think that's high enough. I just I don't see how the Rams score, Robert. I, I don't even know. What their offense is going to look like? Allen Robinson's not there. Uh, who, who 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 are they throwing to? Tyler Higby, Tutu Atwell. This this is just there's not a high enough number for me to take the Rams on this one. I have nothing else to say about that. I'm on Seattle. How about you? And
1: yeah, nothing more to add to that either. Uh, doesn't matter where the injuries lie on Seattle. The real news here is just exactly what state the Rams are in. The total of 41 and a half, I'll see that probably go under far more than over. Uh, And I think the number at seven and a half will probably inflate itself as well as we get closer to Sunday Alley. So at this point, with not much to play for at all for the Rams, plus second stringers pretty much across key positions, um, I, I think Seattle ends up picking it up in double digits.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Let's move on to the Chargers and the Raiders, Robert. What is the spread here?
1: Right. So as we take a look at seeing what the Chargers have done, boy, I remember when we were still looking at the beginning of the year, we were kind of predicting how great this division was going to be that the Chargers were involved in. Boy, were we. Yeah, we thought they were going to be easy division winners. Either way, uh, this number hasn't really changed much right now. The Chargers on the road, two point favorite, the total 50 and a half in the city that will not be discussed by me.
0: Well, we know that. <laughs> Just if only you waited last, to last week to take that team. Back. I won't rub it in. I won't rub it in. Anyway, I hate to say it, but I am backing the team that shall not be named the Raiders. I think that this is still a division game. Remember, these two teams played in Vegas the last game of the season last year, went into overtime. The Raiders won. They moved on to the playoffs. The Chargers didn't. The Chargers, I play the Chargers every other week because I believe they literally are the most inconsistent team in history that I've ever seen. That being said, the Chargers, they beat the Cardinals this week. That means they're going to lose to the Raiders this week. There's no science behind it. That's just what I've seen my entire life. Maybe the Chargers do end up winning, but I think it's going to be similar than to the Arizona game where they only won by a point. The Raiders, since that loss against the Colts, have played much better. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Cardinals last week. I still think they have a good offense behind Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. I think they'll have enough to hang with the Chargers, primarily because the Chargers defense is bad with a capital B. They are not, that; that is not a good unit. This is going to, they're going to allow a lot of points. The Chargers had the Raiders number earlier in the season, but I think the Raiders got them this time around. What do you think, Robert?
1: You're absolutely right. You know, there's there's not much, I mean, that outside of Jacobs and Adams, there's really not much left at all in, in terms of offense, but man, the chargers are just so battered, forget, you know, forget about on the offensive side. You're right, Ali, uh, you know, Covington is now he's out for the. There's just so many injuries that I just, I, I can't even keep up anymore. You know, it doesn't even matter that I'm seeing the same names over and over and I'm just it's like, Mike Williams is eternally on my injury report on Monday. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. And I think honestly, with the play, the, the, the number's probably good right? The two is the good number. The 50 and a half is the number that I think probably creeps higher. Uh, Again, I just don't think that there's much in terms of of stopping either offense right now. Uh, And and so I think the only play for me here is probably to scratch over 50 and a half.
0: All right, let's move on to the Colts and the Cowboys. Robert, what's the spread here?
1: Yeah, so we've got a, a, a big number that got actually even bigger. We opened it nine, Went to 10, and now it's currently sitting the Cowboys 11, the total 43 and a half. Man,
0: the Colts are just a mess, but I'm going to take the points with the Colts. They still have a pretty good defensive unit. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to blow this team out. I think the Colts will do enough to hang in there. By no means do I see them getting an upset, but I do see the chance of a backdoor cover. So it's a high number, but I'm going to take the points here, Robert. How about you?
1: Yeah, actually, not much for me to discuss here either. It's it's more of like a, a fast twitch muscle fiber reaction. Anytime I see double digits, I just grab dog. So <laughs> I like the Colts here plus the 11.
0: All right, let's move on then to the final game of the week. And that is the Monday night game. And we have the Saints and the Bucks. Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: I opened up the number way too high, clearly. I opened it up Tampa six. Uh, it's currently down to three and a half. And the total is now 40 and a half alley.
0: This is another case where I'm glad that my spreads and my two pick em leagues lock on Tuesday night because I got the six and a half with the same. <laughs> but awesome. even even at the three and a half, I would still take the Saints. The Saints have seemed to have Tom Brady's number ever since he came to the Bucks. I know the Bucks beat the Saints earlier in this year, but that was because Jameis Winston decided to go row and throw multiple interceptions in that game on, on very very important drives, too. I just think that with the Bucs, how bad they are. They just lost to the Browns without Deshaun Watson in overtime. I don't think there's any reason if you give me more than three points that I would ever take the Bucks. I, I really don't. The Saints, I think they'll bounce back. They did play very well against the 49ers. They lost 13 to nothing. But Alvin Kamara, he had a few fumbles, especially one when they were, I believe, right at the goal line. Otherwise, I think they made a game, They should have made a game out of it with the Niners. I actually think the Saints are the better team right now. I, I hate to say it, but as bad as the Saints have been, but I really do. So I'm on the Saints here, Robert. How about you?
1: You know, uh, we saw Tristan Wirfs uh, get injured in the last game, and now he's questionable with his foot injury. Uh, he's a pretty significant factor in any kind of Bucks attack. And I think, honestly, If he doesn't play, it's probably going to play into the Saints' favor to cover the three and a half. Uh, I know we discussed Atlanta and Pittsburgh, and we've got Atlanta as the winners here. That would put them at six and seven. If Tampa loses, that would put them at five and seven. And I'm not ready to say Tampa's not going to be the division leader because I said they're going to win this thing. And they're going to take the division with a sub-500 record just a little while ago. I think Tampa picks up the win but does not cover
0: yeah, it's funny, Robert, because I was thinking the same thing when I, I, I posted that clip that we had the other night when we were talking about this, that uh-huh. Bucks will actually get a postseason win. Then I went and looked at Atlanta's schedule. And I was like, wow, Atlanta has a really easy schedule the rest of the way. They only play one team that's above 500 and, and that's the Ravens and the Ravens, who knows how, how they'll play given how bad that they've played. But the Bucks, they have to face the Bengals. Still, they have a, they have a few tough games coming up. The Niners, I believe. So there's a very good chance that the Bucks don't make the playoffs here. But I guess we'll recap that on on uh, on our next week's episode when we when we recap the weekend. All right. Well, that is all of our picks for today. We thank everyone for joining. It should be a very fun weekend of football. I know a lot of people, especially this last Sunday, were complaining that there wasn't a lot of games that had both uh, oppositions in playoff contention. You have your pick this week. There's a ton of great games, Robert, as Robert and I were highlighting them before. So before we sign off, Robert, you have any last thoughts or advice for the audience?
1: Oh, good Lord, Ali! please. It, it is, I, I literally just went in and I talked with my team. I'm like, is there possibility that it's just, too much sports i think there's literally too much sports right now. look they handle i mean look we could have spent an entire episode you know talking about football and football if you wanted to go ahead and just give me even like five minutes to discuss the world cup yeah let's actually, go let's do
0: it we have plenty of time
1: it's literally like the greatest thing that i'm i've, I've ever witnessed so you know as one of my loves is actually watching and look as we call it soccer But every four years when FIFA puts out the World Cup, there is literally nothing at all like it. Nothing. It's better than the Olympics. It's better than any kind of championship that we have here because it's everything for these countries to make it just to qualify. And then it's another thing to make it out of the group stage into the knockout stage or the round of 16 quarterfinals. So obviously Saturday, December 3rd, early, early in the morning, at least here for Pacific, 7 a.m. Pacific, the U.S. is playing the Netherlands very small favorite but the netherlands are going to be the favorite in this one and it's going to obviously have huge, huge ramifications. of course uh christian pulisic he's been incredible incredible talent he's one of the best in the world and he's our own folks he's our very own he got injured in his only goal scored against in the game that he just played to advance and play here in the round of 16 so heck i'm going to be rooting for the usa here as much as i can it's, it's going to be an incredible game at 7 a.m obviously televised worldwide because this is as good an event as we could possibly find poland as i was talking with ali uh you know previous to the the start of our episode here they just literally eked in on the most insane of tiebreakers it's fair points look that up i had to look that up just this morning to understand what poland needed to advance and they just edged out mexico by the smallest of margins Fair points. It's how many yellow and red cards you have. Forget about they, they were tied everywhere. They were tied in record. They were tied in goals. They were tied in goal differential. It just kept going on and on, and I can't believe it came down to yellow and red cards, folks. It's the World Cup. It's football. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Allie. I just needed to get that one off my chest before the end of this episode.
0: No, that's funny because I remember watching in the USA broadcast the other day. How the USA got a uh, got a uh, yellow card, and the announcer on Fox was like, "Oh, well, that was a good yellow card to take." Well, <laughs> it could have easily not been if the USA had tied it and then came down to yellow cards. So, no foul is ever really a good. <laughs> it's true. But we do have a, yeah, there is too much sports coming on. We could have spent another episode talking about the college football championships this weekend. There's a lot of championship games. with play.
1: week, My God, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just, there's just too, too much going on. I know that we only are limited with having a few episodes a week and football does consume the majority of our lives, but college football should have a very good weekend. The top, the final four, positions for the for the playoff bracket that's going to be decided this week obviously Georgia's in it we'll see what happens with tcu with usc with michigan i have a feeling at least one of those schools are going to be upset my guess would be michigan michigan just seems to crumble when especially coming off that big win against ohio state but we'll spend a few minutes next week talking about that as well because the college football championship is always fun absolutely All right, everyone, thank you for joining, and Robert and I will see you Monday. Take care.